episode, we are talking with Dr. Dan Frank, Editorial Director of our Core Knowledge Science Program. Dan explains what science literacy is, why it is so important for our students, and what the scientific community has to say about it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Building Knowledge Podcast. Today, I have with me a returning guest. It's Dr. Dan Frank, who is the director of our Core Knowledge Science Program. Welcome back, Dan. We really appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Kristen. Um, It's uh, my pleasure to be able to talk about science and science literacy uh, in this podcast. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I mean, science literacy um, has always been important to us at the foundation. Um, And I think it's especially important since we've now created a full K-8 CKSI program. So, um, you know, Core Knowledge has just published this new science program for grades six through eight. And what seems to be unique about this program is that it still contains this strong literacy component. So can you explain a little bit about this new middle school program and then how science literacy is integrated into the actual doing of the science activities? Yeah, I'll be glad to. Um, We're gonna talk in most of this podcast about what science literacy is. Uh, So I'll just use the term right now in describing what we've done. The, um, what we have done is a a very interesting thing uh, for core knowledge in that we have created a program that is uh, an integrated uh, uh, melding of the Open SciEd 6-8 Science Program, which has received a green badge uh, from NGSS for its exceptional um, teaching of the process of science according to NGSS. And there are 18 units that we have taken lock, stock, and barrel from Open SciEd and then added to each of the 18 units uh, a literacy component. Some of the units, just uh, to refresh people's memory in the sixth grade, for example, there's thermal energy and natural hazards and seven metabolic reactions and ecosystem dynamics in grade eight, everything from contact forces to earth and space and genetics. You have a very robust program with teacher guides, so over 400 pages long for each unit of study, which would be about 25 to 30 days of classroom study. The Open Zayed program is a fantastic program, but it does stress the process of science and the three dimensions of NGSS. And we felt that it did not touch enough on science literacy. So we added a component which is readings and activities dealing with science literacy and integrated that into each of the units. So we also, in the teacher guide, have told people how to go about managing a classroom by adding the core knowledge uh, component. And the core knowledge component comes with a, a book you can read, a student reader, which we feel is very important for students and which is something which is lacking in the Open Sci-Ed program, though they do have some readings, they don't have a, a student reading book, which has always been a hallmark of core knowledge education. So um, we have this brand new program in 6-8, it stresses scientific literacy and tries to bring liter- 
scientific literacy into the uh, NGSS approach to teaching science. So, you know, uh, what do you mean by this term science literacy? Because I even think I was confused until you explained it, because I just thought, oh, it's just like reading science. But um, so how is it similar and then more distinct from that common term of just literacy? Yes, and this is a, a, a very important point that I want to make, and that is that people in the United States generally, because the concept of science literacy has taken a second second seat to the NGS program. What do we mean by science literacy? Most people would think that science literacy means one or two things. That is the ability to read in the sciences, actually do reading in the sciences and gain content knowledge by reading in the sciences. And or they believe that science literacy is the ability to take scientific knowledge and to take the knowledge of the scientific process and be able to apply that to everyday life, social life, such as being able to stand in front of a uh, town council and argue for the preservation of a bog, which some people think is wasteland but an educated uh, science student would understand it's part of the natural ecology of an area and, and, and often an overlooked and important one. So most people have a tendency to think either you're reading in the sciences or you are, uh, you know, you're preparing your, yourself for a social life. But here at Core Knowledge and based upon a number of uh, uh, scholars that have published, including Andrew Zucker, uh, published in, in uh, The Science Teacher, I'd like to talk about, just give you a list of what I think and core knowledge thinks literacy is about. Number one, teach about how to find reliable information about science and how to reject junk science. Very important in this era of the internet in which anybody can write anything they want, a person has to be able to know how to evaluate the information that they have and how to recognize um, science, science, seemingly scientific facts that ha have no basis in reality. A second thing is to pay attention to the personal and societal context of science, which is what I would say, be able to know that uh, going in front of a town council, you be, need to speak intelligently from a scientific standpoint. But more than that, we at Core Knowledge believe that we relate scientific literacy to traditional forms of literacy, such as uh, reading literature from the past, reading Moby Dick, and be able to understand the biology of whales even before you get there. Or, uh, well, being able to take your scientific knowledge and apply it to literature, apply it to the visual arts. Apply it to music, apply it to history, apply it to uh, any aspect of the liberal arts that requires you to have an interaction between science and the other things we teach often as isolated subjects in school. Also, we think it's important that you know something about the history of science, and that's part of scientific literacy. Uh, in, in COVID, we learned something about 
viruses, how did we first know about viruses? How did that come about? What do we know about antibiotics? Which, uh, how did that come about? Was there a time we didn't have antibiotics? Those are very important things to become literate, to, to know about history. The other thing is there's a social uh, aspect about minority, whatever that might be, whether it be uh, minority based on social status or minority based on sex, male, female orientations, uh, be able to understand how that relates to modern science. So scientific literacy is more than just being able to read in the sciences. There's a number of things. We have a much broader view here at Core Knowledge of it, and we've tried to work that into our program so that literacy, scientific literacy, has a very broad context embracing the citizen and the whole person and not just little aspects of science in society. Yeah, and I think that's what really sets our science program apart from the others is this looking at science and this idea of science literacy from so many different perspectives um, that your that the students are truly learning about the science and the sciences. And I think it's great. So can you give us some examples of the different forms of science literacy um, that occur specifically? in our K-8 science program? Yeah, I, I, I'll i focus on one unit to tell, talk about how all of these things become uh, integrated. Uh, there's a unit called thermal energy, which uh, most people would use the word heat. Thermal energy is a little more specific in what we mean. But what? how can you, I mean, I like thermal energy because it seems so scientific. It has to do with the laws of thermodynamics and the movement uh, of, so-called heat from from uh, one body to a colder body. But there's more to it. The literate scientific citizen will need to know actually things that are have a lot more to do with heat than statistical thermal dynamics. For example, we teach about how to find reliable information and how to reject junk science, which I mentioned. We have a, a spread on down jackets in which we discuss the nature of down, what it is, and how it is an insulating um, uh, uh, substance so that we're taking the concept of thermodynamics and, and heat and uh, thermal energy. But then once we teach the kids about down jackets, we also then have them compare two ads. One which is based on correct science and the other, which is based on somebody trying to sell you a down jacket using junk science. And the students then will read both of these ads after they've had content knowledge and be able to evaluate the junk science and correct science that they see every day on the internet when somebody tries to sell them. So that's, that's just one spread in one book, and there's spreads like that in all of our books. The other thing is pay attention to personal and societal context of science. We have a kid holding up in the unit, in the reader, we have a kid holding a, a cell phone, and one of his friends has sent him a bunch of junk thing, and, you know, it's so 
Social media is so important for kids to understand the interaction. If you look at that uh, NGSS programs, whatever, they don't they don't stress this. So the the the, the concept of core knowledge adding. How do you deal with with the uh, uh, the internet? How do you deal with Facebook and Instagram? And how do you deal with texts you get from your friends? Very important. So that's in in that's in every unit also. Um, we all one of the things is uh, is to relate scientific literacy to traditional forms of literacy. And I talked about literature and art, um, music, but also things in that context that we talk about is being able to interpret visual information and be able to look at graphs, to be able to look at complex uh, multi-part illustrations, uh, which you find in the New York Times and you find uh, in in magazines, uh, you find online. The education of how to look at a visual and how to interpret it is something that core knowledge feels is an important part of of a literate scientific citizen. Another thing is uh, to relate scientific literacy to to, uh, readings in the sciences. In, In traditionally reading in the sciences, we have a spread on extreme heat protection. How does a person going into a forge or going into a volcano uh, protect themselves against exceptional heat? Again, this is part of thermal energy, but it's not learning about the science of thermal energy. It's applying that science and reading in the sciences. So when a person talks about what you put on to keep heat out, you have a basis in thermodynamics, but then you also can apply it to everyday life. One of the things we have in the thermal energy unit is an entire section of Jack London's to build a fire, applying the knowledge of heat and thermal energy to literature. So you're bringing in your knowledge and now you can read much more effectively. And one thing uh, uh, articles have stated over and over and over is if you have content knowledge, and then you read something where that knowledge is uh, literature, you you get it, you understand it much more deeply. So a, a great piece of literature like to build a fire in thermal energy makes perfect sense. And then uh, we do have uh, throughout all of our book, a, a real balance uh, in every way to be sure that all people in the social strata are included. They see themselves in these books. They know that they can become a scientist because other people just like them have become a scientist. So all of these things we've integrated uh, into just the one unit, thermal energy, okay? But every unit contains all of these elements to create a person who's a much more well-rounded whole person who can draw upon their science and apply it to art, to history, to music, to visuals, to everyday life, to reading crappy ads, and and to uh, understand there's junk science in there. So uh, try to do that in all the books. And uh, again, this does not negate the doing of science, which is carried by the open sciad portion of the program, but the literacy creates a much more well-rounded person. And I hope that our listeners will go and take a look at some of these units because they're online for free download. 
I, I just find it fascinating that it makes science so much more accessible to students that might not think of themselves as science type persons. I'm more of the humanities. I always have been. My husband is, is in the medical field, so he's more scientific. Um, so we were always able to help our students, our children with their homework. But um, I think if I would have had a science program like this, I would have enjoyed science more um, because our science in middle school was very dry. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it was. Um, and this just makes it more accessible and it makes more sense how science is just all around us. And you might not even realize it from something like an ad for a down jacket. You have to have some sort of background, some sort of science literacy. Um, so can you tell us about how modern science educators think about science literacy? Things like what, what are professors, teachers, and educators writing about? And what do you think the mood of the nation is right now regarding the idea of science literacy? I think it's very important. Um, obviously, I'm a great believer in science literacy, educating the whole person. I think it makes life better for people. I think that they feel better about themselves when they can apply. When science is more than just the, the content of science, which, by the way, is extremely important and the process. Okay? But the expansion of the human being, of the, of the individual kid. Uh, into a broader understanding. Where is the nation on this? Well, my feeling right now is that science literacy is not on the front burner in this nation. Uh, and this is not a criticism of the next generation science standards, which has which have definitely increased our ability to have kids understand the process of science and how one goes about compiling all of the things necessary to create hypotheses, uh, test those hypotheses, to create uh, theories based upon a large amount of knowledge. So there's no doubt that this is a tremendous uh, uplift for the nation. But in doing so, America as a nation right now is not really putting literacy in that sense on the front burner. Uh, there are voices crying in the wilderness uh, of the domination of NGSS, saying there's not enough literacy. Uh, Andrew Zucker, who I mentioned before, is one of the people, yeah, he was writing at the time from the Concord Consortium, uh, saying we need, to, we need to upgrade science literacy in this country because people are so worried about getting through the units in NGSS, they often forget we're trying to educate citizens. We're trying to create a well-rounded person who's able to co converse intelligently on a number of subjects. Now, if you go to some other nations, you see, like in Australia, there's a lot more interest in science literacy. Uh, at least from my research, I've been able to tell that, you know, <clears throat> it's a little more important in other places. And in some places in the United States, in some districts, it's still very, very important. Uh, I think that that Cornellage is doing this nation a great service, quite frankly, in trying to raise science literacy, uh, even in the midst of an NGSS-dominated world, a three-dimension process-oriented world. 
which I'm not criticizing, which I think is absolutely necessary. And the Open Sci-Ed program has some incredible units where, where students just put together one fact after another until the obvious conclu- the, the conclusions are obvious. But in creating a well-rounded citizenry, in creating uh, a, uh, a scientist who can talk about art, who can bring science into art and look at art and talk about some of the science that may be in that art, a, a Bosch painting or a, a Van Gogh field, Starry Night, be able to talk about the interactions of science with some of the, the greatest creations of humanity, to be able to understand that Hedy Lamar actually is one of the founders of Bluetooth and what that means that a a glamorous Hollywood star that we see as one kind of person should only see her as that one kind of person was so narrowing, broadens our entire understanding of human beings, okay? So you say, oh, we'll learn about Bluetooths and waves and electromagnetic radiation, uh, but there's more to it. And the broad citizen, the full citizen, the person proud of themselves for great knowledge is one that can deal with the science, but also understands the humanity behind science. And that's what Cornology is continuing to try to do with our new uh, 6-8 science program. And again, I encourage everybody to go online and download um, some of the units for free. It could be a little intimidating, as Dan mentioned there, the teacher guides are 400 plus pages, but please take a look um, I think you'll find that once you dig into it, these ty- this type of program is really going to benefit your student to create that well-rounded um, citizen that has the ba- this background knowledge, plus is getting into the sciences as well um, in terms of NGSS. You know, you're ticking that box for the different standards, preparing them for whatever state assessments you have. But at the same time, you can also be helping them to develop their science literacy um, and their background knowledge. So I really appreciate you joining us today, Dan. As always, thank you. I, I, I always learn so much when I talk to you. So I hope that our listeners have as well. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much, Kristen.